Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday, podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you guys for downloading, streaming, checking it out, favoriting it, favoriting, favoriting it. Is that the way you say that? Favoriting, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do with this podcast, however you listen, wherever you are in the world, whenever, thank you for doing so. Thank you for checking it out via iTunes and podcast1.com, as I said, with new episodes. Going up for your enjoyment each and every Thursday. So if it is a Thursday, you are listening to this on post day. And I am glad to have you guys on board. And we've got another great interview for you this week that we'll get to in just a second. Remember, here we are now just like, what, a week, a week and a half away from Christmas. And it's still not too late to do some Christmas shopping. If you do that on Amazon, I ask that you start on my Amazon page which is amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Go there and uh, shop away. Right on that homepage, you'll see some of my hand-picked items that may be of interest to you, my audience. And if not, that's okay. Go ahead on to other parts of the site. But always start amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Much appreciated if you do that. So, yeah, it's crazy because here in New Jersey, we've already had our first snow and ice with more on the way. So the winter is full on board. I'm very much looking forward to getting out of the winter very soon. I'll be doing that on board Cruise to the Edge and the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which I'll be broadcasting my Sirius XM show on and hanging out with some great rock fans and what hopefully will be some great weather on a great cruise ship. If you're headed on those cruises, I will see you on board. Also... If you are in Houston and you're listening to this on post day, I will see you tonight at Proof Rooftop Lounge, my first time ever going to this venue, which I hear is very cool. It's a rooftop in Houston where they've been doing rock shows now for a while. And 
it's outdoors because it's a rooftop, but I hear it's a pretty cool scene. And the shows are free there, from what I understand. You need to have a ticket, but the tickets are free and should be a fun scene. Um, hosting L.A. Guns, Enough's Enough, and former Skid Row singer Johnny Solinger tonight in Houston. Again, if you're listening to this on the day it goes up, which would be the 14th of December on that Thursday. So come on out if you're in that area of the country. I was supposed to do a broadcast from Houston this Friday in the afternoon for my Sirius XM show. That, unfortunately, is not going to happen due to a scheduling conflict. However, if you are in Dallas Saturday night, I'll see you at the Bomb Factory in Dallas hosting their metal concert with Ace Freely and Dokken and L.A. Guns and a bunch of others. So final two road appearances of 2017 – Tonight, if you're listening on post day, the 14th of December, Proof Rooftop Lounge, Houston. This Saturday, December 16th, Bomb Factory in Dallas. Come on out. Hang. Join us for what should be a lot of fun. By us, I mean all the great bands and myself. And as we get ready to to, to dive into the holidays here, man, it's uh, it's right here now. We're right on the cusp of a great time of year. And then as we get into next year, I'll let you know what's going on because there is a lot. And there's uh, the NAM show coming up, which I'm going to be at that and doing some broadcasts from in Southern California. So be doing cruises and the time at NAM. I'm getting some time out of the winter, which is not a bad thing uh, living in New Jersey. So I'll tell you more about some of the stuff coming up next year as we get closer. You can always check out all my appearances on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. At Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are the other ways to connect on social media. We've got a great interview for you this week. i got to tell you, this is uh, a guy that I've become quite friendly with in recent years. I first got to know him when he became the lead singer in Slash's band, The Conspirators. I'm talking about Miles Kennedy. And you will hear an interview with Miles that I did in Tulsa, Uh, A little over a week ago, and I did this at the Hard Rock in Tulsa, where I just wrapped up some great broadcasts, had a great time there, and Miles was nice enough to drop by. Alter Bridge are doing a little run of touring here in the U.S. before they call it a day for the the cycle for their latest album, The Last Hero, and I got to tell you, I have become a massive Alter Bridge fan. I didn't get it. I'm a little late to the party on them. I came in on AB3. I remember Miles giving me that third record at a Slash gig, actually, and I loved it and absolutely loved the follow-up album Fortress and loved this current one, The Last Hero, as well. And then, of course, I went back and discovered Blackbird, which uh, has some amazing stuff on it as well. The only record I haven't really listened to and gotten all that into is their first album, but I'll get to that eventually. But I've seen the band now three, four times, and they are simply amazing to me. Incredible band, incredible players, incredible vocals, and heavy, way heavier than I think a lot of people think they would be. And I really, really love this band. They're one of the, you know, I see so many bands so many times so often, and it's no slight on those bands. It's just that after a while, you just kind of, okay, seen them, seen them, seen them. But there's that handful of bands that I don't see all that often, and I get really excited when I get that opportunity, and Alter Bridge is certainly one of them. Had a chance to see them play this past Wednesday at the Canes Ballroom, 
in Tulsa just absolutely blew me away. And now they're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Mark Tremonti has his own band, Tremonti, which is also very heavy. And Mark will be focused on that for most of 2018. Miles is getting ready to release his first ever solo album, which will come out on March 9th, called Year of the Tiger. As you're about to hear, it's a very personal album for him. It's a concept album. It's more of an acoustic sort of singer-songwriter songwriter sort of album. But it's a very heavy subject matter dealing with his father's death. And I'll tell you, it's a really powerful record. When you get a chance to hear this, I think you'll agree. I know it's a little ways from coming out. But Miles was nice enough to swing by my broadcast position last week at the Hard Rock in Tulsa. And he, uh, as usual, very entertaining. We had a great conversation. We had some fun. We had some laughs about a lot of stuff. And talked about everything from Alter Bridge to Slash to colonoscopies. <laughs> yes, you heard me right, colonoscopies. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Like the interviews, uh, just about all the interviews here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, this originated and aired live on my show on Sirius XM. 106 volume. You can hear me there each and every day, Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and on demand on the SiriusXM app. Here on the podcast, you get just a little sampling of the interviews that I bring to you each and every day daily on volume. Hope you join me for that show if you are not doing so already. Hey, holidays are coming. Maybe a SiriusXM subscription is a good idea, and you can keep up with everything I have going on and listen every single day to my uh, interviews and, and rock talk that happened there on volume. But here on the podcast, a little taste, a little sampling each week of some of the things that I'm doing there. Speaking of holidays, eddytrunk.com. We got a merch store there, Trunk Nation, Eddie Trunk shirts, hats, and more, all on sale for the holidays. Please have a look on my site when you get a chance. And anything else I need to tell you before we get to our interview? I don't think so. I think we got it covered. You know all the social media stuff to keep up with. I mentioned eddytrunk.com. You can email me, eddie at eddytrunk.com. And kind of winding down for the holidays, but not really for me because I'm working straight through and then right into the new year. So uh, hopefully you guys have some downtime. And like I said, hopefully I get to see you in Houston and Dallas if you are in that area of the country either Thursday or Saturday. Let's get a break and come back and join Miles Kennedy at the Hard Rock in Tulsa talking about his new solo album, Alter Bridge, Slash, and a whole lot more. Stick around. It's on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. True Car, I've been telling you about it forever. You got to check it out because there's something about True Car a lot of people don't know, and that's using True Car can also help you buy a used car. In fact, there's over 700,000 pre owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing, information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through our True Car certified dealer network. There are over 700,000 pre owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want so you can know what a fair price is and feel confident 
With TrueCar, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the new or used car you want. So when you are ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey humans, David Smalley here from the Dogma Debate Podcast, right here on Podcast One, where we talk about all the things you're not supposed to discuss at work, religion, politics, abortion, racism, slavery, and that's only when we open the Bible. We discuss Islam, Islamophobia, what does that even mean? We chat with vegans, animal rights activists, and even visit factory farms to see it for ourselves. I invite people from multiple backgrounds to convert me into their worldview. But as long as they're okay with being respectfully challenged, you better bring your evidence. And I never lose sight of how both the left and the right are seeming to lose their minds. So basically, we're solving all the world's problems right here on Dogma Debate. And you've been missing it. Watch our 360 virtual reality videos on the Podcast One app and download Dogma Debate on iTunes, Stitcher, or PodcastOne.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and now we take you inside the radio booth at the Hard Rock in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was joined by Miles Kennedy. This interview happened last Wednesday. It aired originally on my SiriusXM show on volume. Happy to be able to bring it to you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. Before we get to all of that, on a serious note, you actually do have a lot of colonoscopy experience. I do. Boy, Why? We're jumping right into it here. We are. I have a, a, um, a stomach disorder, so yeah, they, they keep an eye on things there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a veteran. Last time I was just in uh, earlier this year, and I, I remember before I went in for the procedure again with, with, my, with my doctor, I, I asked him if I could get a punch card because we've done this so many <laughs> times. So I could get like the 10th one for free because I think I'm at seven now or something. Seven. So. When, how, when did you... When did you start? When was your first one? Uh, in my early 30s. Yeah. So, yeah. Because you had issues. So, cause yeah, you had- I had issues and they had to find out what was going on. And then, you know, so now they just have to keep an eye on things. But yeah, it's really not that. But as you know, it's, it's the prep that's the drag. Right. That- it's that day before is just like, you know, yeah. don't plan on doing anything. Yeah. yeah. Bring some reading material. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the reason why I think it's important to talk about it. And I yeah. don't shy away from bringing yeah, it up absolutely. because there's a lot of people that have like a weirdness about it. And I, I don't know if you were listening earlier when I said it on the air, but when Ronnie James Dio died, he was Ronnie had stomach cancer, uh-huh. and Ronnie wouldn't have if Ronnie would have gotten screened. He Ronnie died at sixty seven. He never was screened, and he was also one of those guys that if he had things that were bothering him, he would just be like, ah, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it pass. Right. And his when I I actually hosted his funeral, which is crazy to say, but I did, and I remember talking to his doctor and and. I said, Doc, what can we do? And he goes, you know what? You got a platform. And I, my dad had colon cancer, so I have a family history now. And he's like, put it out there. Tell people it's important to get screened. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. It's important as we get older. So that's why I talk about it so openly. I think that's cool. Yeah. It's an, and I said, you know what? If that's the one thing that I can do to help spread the word, because you know, my audience is 
predominantly male and 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 as you get older no matter how old you even if you don't have any issues by 50 you should start doing yeah. it so yeah, absolutely um anyway if you want details about the prep uh, we'll do a whole show on that tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like miles said you just basically drink some stuff you shit your brains out for a day and the next day you go and the actual procedure is nothing because no they the procedure is nothing so it's not that anyway bad. man it's good to see you it's you great um to see you. You are. Uh, I didn't even realize that you were doing a little Alter Bridge run here. Yeah. And when did you When did you start? We started this one uh, about a week and a half ago. And this 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 is uh, after this we powered down for a while. We've you know we this is probably the longest we've toured an album that I can remember. We've been out for eighteen months. So we did Europe um, last month, and that was fabulous. We did you know two nights there at the uh, Royal Albert Hall with the orchestra and everything, and and uh, then we hit as many marks as we could for the remainder of the month and then um we figured we'd close out here in the states so we wrap it up in my hometown in spokane washington uh, next saturday week from saturday nice hometown gig but but as far as playing in europe we've talked about this before what alter bridge means outside of america is very different than here in america because you guys are in arenas there now right yeah you played as a matter of fact you released that o2 arena show you played the o2 which is full on yeah it's a great venue it's kind of the madison square garden of of you know the uk essentially yeah and we uh, that was that was such a fun show because we did uh, we did that with uh, with Gojira and Volbeat. Right. Um, but well, that, I had all you guys in when the record came out, and I remember most of the time you got, you and Mark were so excited about the fact that Gojira was oh, on the. Gosh, yeah, we were total <laughs> fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran into Mario from Gojira after that, and oh, I told him, and he's just like, it was the first time I met him, and I said, how things go with Alter Bridge? He said, good, good. I said, you know, I had him on my show. I said, it's half the time they spent talking about you instead of their own record. He just laughed. He seemed like a nice guy. He's a great, him. both him and his brother, just exceptional human beings. Yeah. yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. So so you did great, great business over there. I mean, it's what's building over there is pretty remarkable, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, you know, we noticed that uh, over a decade ago. We were like, what's going on here? Why, why is this taking off over here um, relative to the United States? And uh, we're not complaining. It's a good, it's a good. It's a good thing. But we talked about that before. And, uh, oh, Doug, I, I got people running, get me drinks all over the place. But thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Stay in, Doug, if you want. I don't know what you're doing. Doug went and my good friend Doug Burgess went and picked up Miles. <laughs> running. We got, I, got, I got handlers today. I got helpers today. It's good. I feel like I actually got people today. Um, we talked about that before, though, Miles. And for this audience, why do you think – I mean, if, and don't get me wrong. Alter Bridge is taking some great strides here in America as well. Yeah. And it's really building here, which is great to see. But what do you think it? What, what do you think it is that about the about Europe and England, where the band's a whole different level there? What 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 happened there? Why is that? I, well, I think some of it is just uh, hard rock in general seems to be a little more. Um, I don't want to say it's it's not mainstream, but it's just it it's different there. It seems like there more there's more of an audience, and there are so many, there are many other bands who feel the same way. They go over the that will will attest to the fact that their biggest business is is done in Europe. Yeah. So that's it's 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 nice. Do you think some of it though and I had this theory too that for a while Alterbridge kind of, in the beginning especially had to fight the stigma that Alterbridge was Creed with you as a right. new singer. Right. Even though you Alterbridge to my knowledge has never played a Creed song never. live, right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it is a completely different band, but of course three quarters of the band and Creed carried some stigma like right really or wrongly here in America. So you think that played into it? Because because I think Mark told me that Creed actually was never was of course huge in America, mm-hmm. but never really that big outside of America. So I always wondered if that played into it a little bit. It, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
we've noticed finally after a long time touring in the States that it, it feels like that stigma to a degree has, has lifted. Um, but you look, I mean, they were, they were such a massive band and that's just what happened when you get that popular. Um, that tends to be a, a thing, you know, you yeah. kind of become a, a target to a point. So, yeah. Was there ever any discussion when you put Alter Bridge together to do, uh, to, to play a Creed song or two? No, no. I think, uh, it was just from the genesis of the, of the project decided that this was going to, we were going to, we were going to clean do this. slate, yeah, clean slate, thing. clean slate, which is actually a pretty, if you think about it, a pretty, um, gutsy thing because it could have been really easy and made the growth of the band a little easier because, Perhaps. Oh, you're throwing in three, four big hits that everybody knows. Right. That's a good point, actually. And, and, and point. I mean, I see both sides of it. It's a two edged sword. Yeah. But it, I think it's great that you establish it as its own entity and now five great records in their own right. But it, it, if if you would have done, there's plenty of bands that three quarters of another band that had huge hits. Well, let's throw a couple yeah. in, especially early on when nobody knows our stuff. Absolutely, it happens all the time. But I, I think for me, when they when when it was obvious that we were going to do this and start from square one, it, it was it was exciting for me because I thought that um, for it first of all, it just showed that they were they weren't going to take the easy way. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. they're willing to start over, pay their dues all over again and, and work. And there's, there's definitely a work ethic there that, uh, that I really find, um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they had been through a lot too, as, as they've talked about publicly a lot coming out of that yeah. situation. So I'm sure they, they wanted more than anything, even though as, as nice as, as easy as it would have been to go down that road, I'm sure that they wanted just a clean break and a fresh start, which of course it ended did, up yeah. being what, what is, and, and Alter Bridge now is going to do the, these remaining shows. And then is that, because I, I noticed Mark, because Mark has his own thing, Tremonti. Mm-hmm. I saw his logo popping up on a couple festivals right. uh, over the, coming up next year. So it looks like he's going to go back and do that. He's made a few great records as, mm-hmm. with his own band. You were going to talk about your solo mm-hmm. record in a second. So what's, I mean, I know your world between what you do, now you're introducing a solo record, and of course with Alter Bridge, and what may or may not be going on with Slash, mm-hmm. you kind of have to plan and map your world out quite a bit going forward yeah. so what is it looking like because slash i texted him yesterday i mean he's finally on downtime for about mm-hmm. six months or so you guys talked yeah we we uh connect via text once in a while and just check in but uh yeah right now for me now that ab is powering down it's just to full steam ahead with this with a solo record right and then the, the plan is is to uh in 2019 with ab to uh, get that rolling again so um yeah. So there's been no dialogue with him about starting up with the conspirators. You know, it's been it's been talked about. It's just it, obviously that the guns thing is doing so well, right. and and so we'll just see how that all plays out. Yeah. yeah, I just was wondering because I've already noticed like Duff announced another band that he's doing. Right, you know, Loaded. Is yeah. he doing Loaded again? No, no. It was a, it was a totally different. Oh, totally band. different. Right. Yeah. So I saw him pop up in a band and start doing some stuff with that, and I'm figuring that. Okay, maybe there's this six month window. I know right. you guys with Slash uh, had uh, Slash told me like a record almost half done or half yeah, written. Yeah, when we half written years. What was that? Towards the end of the uh, World on Fire. Well, I know we had yeah we had some some stuff brewing. Right. Yeah, but um, we'll see. You know, it's it's uh, these are wonderful problems to have. Yeah. You know, in terms of just being able to be a musician and have these various outlets to to create. So. 
you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Well, and I'm sure too he doesn't mind having some downtime after that whole GNR machine just yeah. went. Through. I mean, it, it's you know what's crazy about the whole Guns and Roses thing. I said this the other day. They just wrapped up what two, three years of touring, whatever it's been, uh, playing the Normo domes of the world, <laughs> right? And <clears throat> and who would have thought? I certainly wouldn't. When this and you and I were at the first show, right in Vegas, in Vegas yeah. we were all there. And who would think? Here we are, however many shows later, how many years later, not a hiccup, That's not, good. A, not a not a like like almost boring <laughs> that it was so uneventful. Not a late start time, not not any issues, not any in to the public, not any fighting of any nothing. Yeah, like the thing. Could you could. I mean, I don't think anybody could have realistically imagined that that thing would have gone as smoothly as it did. I think it's wonderful. I think it's been great for for rock and roll in general, and I'm really happy for all those guys because it's been, you know, it's it's been what an epic adventure that's been. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. All right, well, let's get to and then Alter Bridge. You're you're thinking another record and tour in nineteen. Yep. That's so, the plan. So yeah. 18 is going to be committed pretty much to Mark doing his thing yeah. and you doing your thing? Yeah. So I'm going to get out and uh, start uh, you know, promoting the uh, Year of the Tiger record. And well, let's talk about that right now. All right. <laughs> because you had been telling me about a solo record, mm-hmm. and fans yeah. have been, and we've talked about a solo record that you've had for a number of years, and even Mark... Tremonti would say to me, like, he's, he's got to put this thing out. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the record that's coming no, out. No, that's not the record. <laughs> so what the hell happened to that record? You know, I just felt like its shelf life had expired. I I did the majority majority of the writing for that in 2009 and rec- started recording it late 2009 and finally had time to actually finish the entire thing a few years ago. And when I stepped back and listened to it, it just was... I don't know. My gut was just saying, you know what? This isn't this isn't what you want to put out first. So there is one song from that record that I recut and um, basically just took the demo vocal and then rebuilt around it. But other than that, um, I started over again uh, late, probably around Christmas time of last year, and started writing Year of the Tiger. Now we're going to get into what this new record is about, which doesn't come out till March. So I'm sure we'll do more on it when it gets closer. But the record that you you more or less shelved, mm-hmm. direction wise, musically, was it very different than this than what you did, or was it in the same vein musically? I think my original intention was it for it to be. I wanted it to be in the same vein as what this ended up being, but it be, became a little more. Um, I guess, for lack of a better word, more. It's a little slicker, a little more produced. The and, first one, the yeah, one the you didn't one. release. Yeah, yeah, and and the goal was always to try and create something that was. Uh, um, a little more stripped down and a little more organic. And um, I just like what the first one went on. You know, when you have technology, it's a good thing, but it also can be, um, you can kind of be your own worst enemy because you have so many tracks and so many things. Well, let's try and put this part here. Well, let's add this weird guitar sound here and let's add this texture here. And before you know it, you know, you've just got this wall of sound. And I really wanted to avoid that and have this, have this be about the vocal and not um, not not a lot of icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So, with uh, Ear of the Tiger, you know what we did is is uh, we went to tape. We had a limited amount of tracks. You did it on analog. We did it on analog. Most of it on analog. Um, and you know, obviously, that's just 
sonically, at least for, for us old school guys, a little more pleasing, you know, it's just, there's just nothing quite like it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I think the biggest thing is just that we had a finite amount of tracks to work with. So you, you, you had to really commit to things and not say, well, okay, well let's put this part here and then we'll do another dozen tracks and see what works. Or maybe we'll just throw them all up in the right, final mix. Right, right. That really changes how you approach the, uh, the sonic landscape. So before more, before we talk about you're on the, you're the tiger a little bit more though on the, cause now you've got this record. You realize like Prince had the black album. Right. And <laughs> the, the never to be released. Right. Kennedy record. One day it'll come out with just a black sleeve. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by this. You, you did. Is it hard for you? to write songs and write a full record of songs like you did on this unreleased record and then just not ever do anything with them? Do you feel like it was like, I don't know, wasted time or that it was just, I don't know. I, I would think that to me, if I were a musician and I wrote a full record of songs that I felt really good about at the time that I wrote them and then all of a sudden I just shelved them like, you know what, no, they actually kind of suck. Or, not that they suck, but you know, just didn't feel right about it. Right. I feel like... Man, what a wasted exercise! Do you, do you write a lot that that doesn't come out in oh, general? Yeah, most you do. of most. I mean, I'd say five percent of what I write it is heard. You know, all I do is I don't have a, <laughs> much of an existence outside of writing and playing. <laughs> so, so, so take me through your process when you write, especially for like a solo record like this. Do you set a do you set down time where you're like I'm going to write and songs, or you're always on the road? Are you like Oh, I just got an idea. Let me get my iPhone and hum the melody or something like that. Or are you you you're a carve out time guy or on the fly? I, I woke up. It's in my head. I got to put it it's down. It's both. Yeah. It's and, and oftentimes once the process starts. So if I if I have the the carved out time, if I'm at home and I've got my my that kind of open <laughs> open the floodgates and let it let you know start trying to be creative, I have a real tough time turning it off. And my my wife, bless her heart, it, I don't know how she does it because. It's just kind of a, a nonstop process. Uh, you know, we could be at dinner and all of a sudden out comes my iPhone and I'm, you know, wait, wait, just a second, honey. I have this melody part. I got to, you, know, you know, it's just, it's hard for me to shut it off. Now, with that said, recently, once I finished Year, year of the Tiger, I, I intentionally was like, okay, we're turning. We're, the power button is off now. I'm not going to write for a few months so I could refill the well because um, I was starting to feel a little tapped out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes... Sometimes I'll dream things, you know, if I'm in the process, the songs will actually start to come together as I'm sleeping. If I'm in like that half, you know, when you're just as you're starting to fall asleep, that's a, a lot of times when the best that's, stuff will that's come. That's the only way I exist in sleep. <laughs> I never, I always exist in that middle level. Really? I haven't figured out how to go deeper you into that level. The... No, I'm always half awake. Really? And half, oh, oh God, you don't even talk about me oh, sleeping. Man. Oh my God. You saw my, my, uh, counter. You think I was some sort of raging drug addict or something because I go like, okay, we'll start with half a melatonin and then if that's not going to work, we're going to go to full melatonin and if that doesn't work, we'll go to the full melatonin with, with herbs in it. Okay, and if that doesn't work, we'll start with the 7.5 sleeping pill. Oh, no, that's not. Then we're going to go to 15 and then we got to go to 30 if it's wow. a real problem. Yeah, it's great. You know why? I, my, my, I can't turn my mind off. Right. That's the thing. It's not like I'm having any issues or I can't turn my mind off. And this is this is how fucked up I am. Like, I can't like sometimes my mind like you would think, OK, you can't turn your mind off because it's you're, you're stressing about bills or home or work or your kids or whatever. 
No, I sometimes I and I'm not a musician and I can't write or play shit, but I can't get songs out of my head. I'll have songs just on loops in my head. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's crazy, man. I'll like wake up and there'll be a song and then I'll obsess about that. Well, like, how do you mean like you obsess about it? So you just can't get it. I can't clear my head. So, but you're just like listening to the song in your yeah, head it's playing and playing in my head. Like, like, yeah. And I'm like thinking about it and then I'm like, okay, what's the next song on this record? And okay, what's the running time on this record? And oh yeah. Who's Bob, the assistant engineer yeah, on this Bob record? Clear Mountain mix this. <laughs> and oh, that's right. Oh, Brian Adams cuts like a knife. There's a great song on that record. Oh. Don't leave me lonely. Eric Clark co-wrote that. Man, I miss Eric. Like, wow. shit, like yeah, you're looking at me like I'm fucking crazy now. Well, but, I mean, but no. remember when you said to me, Slash looked at you once and goes, "There's a lot of traffic going yeah. on in there." <laughs> so uh, we both have traffic. Right, that That's traffic. That's the problem. That tra- you know what? And I, I've been really trying to work at that. <laughs> I'm starting getting you know, trying to get into like you know Eastern philosophies and whatnot and the whole Zen thing. And you actually, meditate? Work- yeah, you do. I do. And you know what? It works like a champ. People keep telling me I should do that. You should try it, man. Look into I can't it. Can't turn off. That's the problem. I, I, I'll tell you what. I got some. I'll, I just sent something to our bass player the other day, and he tried it. He loves it. I'm going to send it to you later. What is it like a tape or something? Yeah, it's you know what it's this book. It's a book I actually um, somebody turned me on to about a decade ago by this guy named Kenny Werner. It's called Effortless Mastering. It's for like jazz musicians, but he also includes this really awesome like uh, these four exercises where he kind of walks you through these meditations. And I'm telling you, they they just work. Like it totally calms me down and gets me totally present you and smoke weed no i i you know what occasionally and it's just not my jam <laughs> it just makes me paranoid yeah it's just not my thing did you when you were a kid no here and there yeah yeah it just wasn't my see i never did either and i think i need to start <laughs> well, well come on up to spokane it's legal there <laughs> it's legal in a lot of places yeah, i know but i'm i'm not even joking when i say that there's a lot of people have said that to me over the years like you should really start smoking weed yeah. dude it'll mellow you, mellow you out and help you and i i never did even when i was a kid i mean i've i have tried it a couple times but i don't think i've been properly high because i don't know how to smoke properly because i never smoked cigarettes so i don't even inhale it the right way <laughs> And then, and then I want a Bill Clinton. Yeah. Well, I'm serious. And then I said, I went to see rush on their last tour in Denver. Uh, And at that time we, uh, marijuana and weed had just gone uh, legal in Denver. So I went to the, there was like a store on every corner. So I walked in there and I'm like looking around and the guy's like, Oh, you want this strain? I go, dude, I never smoked this shit in my life. I'm just kind of looking. And, uh, he's asking me, well, what, what are you looking to do? And I said, well, I don't want stuff that's going to make me hungry because I don't need that, you know. I, I, I said, but I need some. I just can't mellow. I just need something to, turn, to like, chill and mellow. And I said, but I, I don't really know the right way to smoke. Like, I, I feel like I do, but I can't really – you got to bring it in. And I don't, just don't – and it bothers my throat, and I got to do radio. Yeah, and it does that. mess up your throat a little bit. So he gives me these edibles. He gives me one joint, and he says, try this and see what you can do with it. And he said, if this doesn't work – he said, take the edibles. It was like three little chunks of chocolate. And he said, he said to me, um, but with edibles, you got to be really careful because you got to take it and you got to wait two hours before you take more because it could be a delayed effect. Oh, yes. You're not going to know. This is true. I'm going to a Rush concert. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get all fucked up in a Rush concert, right? So he gives me the one little chunk. And um, well, first of all, I tried to smoke the thing. And I just had very little success. It just wasn't working for me. So I put it back in a little tube. He gave it to me. And I actually gave it to Alex Lifeson from Rush. 
at the show because Alex is he admits he's a huge yeah, yeah. weed guy. And again, we're in Denver, totally legal. So when I see Alex after the show, I go, Al, I got something for you. Like like he wanted my half smoke, you know, shitty joint with my you know spit on it, but he was nice. Like, oh, I'll take it. But I guess I gave it to Alex Lifeson from Rush, the half of the joint, and I took the edible, and it, it freaked me out because. Like a minute into it, or like maybe five minutes into eating the edible, I actually felt real good. I felt like it was like working, but then it went away really quick. And I didn't want to take the second one because I didn't know the balance. Like I thought right. I'd be like whacked out on the floor or something. Like, hey, look at Eddie Trunk on the floor in the orchestra at the Rush show, you know? So I still didn't figure out the right mix. But I, I don't know why we got off on this tangent, but <laughs> well, relaxing. Relaxing. Staying present, yeah. Right, and, and trying, to, trying to stay focused on whatever, you know, whatever works for you. But you travel a lot. You're on the road. Do you do well on the road, sleeping and, and on buses? Or- well, the bus thing, yeah. Well, you know, like last night, I thought I was going to have a, a good night sleep. Um, but uh, Mark and I have little games we like to play with each other. And, and I kind of like to – we, we kind of like to <laughs> – kind of egg each other on and for some reason we've had an on the on the rider we've had an overabundance of um shredded wheat is that what we have the cereal which is for me because i like the shredded wheat but we have a lot because nobody else eats it so there's just boxes and boxes and boxes of shredded wheat so long story short i like to you know just do things and put shredded wheat in his duffel bag and just kind of just because it just gets under his skin and it's fun to watch him react when last night he got me really good i couldn't sleep at all and i couldn't figure out why i was so uncomfortable turns out he'd taken all the the shredded wheat and put it under my bunk and and that's not real comfortable not the box um, i didn't know but the actual, no the boxes as well everything yeah so the i had packaging. slept yeah the packaging all the shenanigans and alter bridge touring world but um no actually Sleeping in, for me is, isn't always the easiest thing. I mean, that's probably the toughest part about touring and the t- constant time changes and the, um, you know, it's just, I don't think humans were, we weren't really meant to be j- jumping time zones. Yeah, and, well, that's the other thing, too. The time zone thing plays into it for me, too, because I travel and have in the last five, seven years, probably more than I ever have in my life. Yeah. And just this trip alone, I was I went from here to L.A. for one day back to here so that's two hours hour and even though it's an hour two hours here and there i mean you do a lot international that's a whole nother yeah, world but really messes but but i i just for me it's even an hour or two it can set you off a little right. bit and it just messes up your balance a little bit all right so miles has a new record coming out his first ever solo record called year of the tiger which i want to get more into talking about because it is a concept record it's a record that's very personal to him i got a chance to listen to not all of it, but a little bit mm-hmm. of it, uh, because I got it just sent, and I got maybe through the first four or five tracks. And I really, like, honestly, I'm not just telling, telling you this because we're friends. I really dug what you were doing and where you were coming from, because I'm a firm believer in, like, artists that I love, when they do solo records and step out of their things that they're known for, it's, it's almost redundant if they do things that sound exactly like the bands that they're in already. And you obviously didn't do that. You were, you were going for something different, although... The one thing that I'll say about the record, too, that I was kind of I kept hearing you know, stripped, stripped down and, and all that. But there's it's not a dirgy record like it to me. It, it even though we'll get into what the subject mm-hmm. matter is, there are moments in, you know, you're it, it, it's for, like in, within the co- up tempo and within the right. what you're doing is rocking. You know, I thought right. and uh, I, I don't know if that's something you were going for, but we'll 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 touch cool. on all that in a second because we got to come up on a break. So. Coming back with more with Miles Kennedy on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
Hope you guys are taking a moment to check out History's new scripted drama series, Nightfall, on Wednesdays, 10 Eastern and Pacific. It is uh, pretty powerful stuff there. Nightfall, it's set in a medieval France tangled in politics and conflict. One headstrong and courageous Templar Knight Landry will lead his order of warrior monks on a life or death mission to find the lost Holy Grail. Control the Grail, control the world. Ten episodes of Nightfall. It is an A&E Studios original production in association with Jeremy Renner's The Combine and Midnight Radio. This season takes viewers inside the medieval politics and warfare of the Knights Templar, the most powerful, wealthy, and mysterious military order of the Middle Ages who were entrusted with protecting Christianity's most precious relics. You do not want to miss this incredibly cool show, History's new drama series, Nightfall, Wednesdays, 10, 9 central on History. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, Sessions with Randy Jackson, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back into it with Miles Kennedy on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. So, all right, so back to um, back to the Year of the Tiger. Tell me about the title, because that's significant. Yeah, so Year of the Tiger. It was actually something I had floating around... Other than the the one song, there's a song called "Love Can Only Heal" off the off the the unreleased solo record that uh, I redid. But I had this this idea from as I was writing back in 2009 that came to me one day, and it was just this this hook with this title, you know, cause it was called "Ear of the Tiger," and I really liked it. I just couldn't figure out what I would use it for, and then I realized that the year of the tiger was 1974, which was the year my father passed away when I was a kid. So I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go down that road because I've never really been able to, you know, all the years I've been writing, never really wanted to tackle that one because that's a, that's a, you know, that's a heavy one for me. Um, but we should, if you don't mind, we should jump in because that's important yeah. to the subject matter because this is a concept record. Yeah. And your dad uh, passing away at that age, your, your dad – the story is that your dad really shouldn't have passed no, away, right? No, he shouldn't have passed so, away. So can you elaborate sure. on that a little bit? Yeah. So when we, <clears throat> as, a, as a, my family uh, at, the, at that point were uh, Christian scientists. So, Which I don't even really know what that means. So basically um, what it is, uh, this woman started, her name was Mary Baker Eddy in the, I believe the 1800s. Um, and and the, the premise is that you don't, uh, basically, you don't go to doctors. You know, you believe that God is going to heal you, um, and it's just a very. Uh, I've, I'm not. Uh, it, it <laughs> it's very frustrating even talking about it, frankly. But uh, but yeah. So Dad got sick and um, chose not to go see a doctor. And then what was wrong with him? He, he he's died of appendicitis, 
and uh, he he uh, died one night in his sleep because you know it blew up in the gangrene yeah. went went all over. Yeah. Um, so he knew. Did he know it was his no, appendix? No, he because he wouldn't see a doctor. So he'd gotten. But what was interesting was he got really sick about eight weeks prior. He was in a lot of pain. My mom said, and then. Um, so th- there's a theory that he might have it might have actually ruptured then, which the I'm really going deep here, but but he he yeah he may have actually had the uh, gangrene or whatever for a, quite a while, um, like almost like a, a I don't know how that works, right, right, right. <laughs> but but what, yeah, mom um, woke up uh, one morning and he was he was he passed away. So and you're you're how old at this point? I'm four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So. So yeah, that started a whole, um, a whole journey. It's a heavy thing for you to deal with yeah. as a kid. Yeah, it was a heavy thing for my brother and I and mom and and so. Um, and your whole family at that time was was down with this religion and this belief. Yeah, yeah. In fact, my family, my grandma, both grand- grandmothers on both sides still continued, to, and they actually, both of them didn't chose not to go the medical route passed away i mean it was really it was, we were entrenched in the christian science faith as uh, you know from what i can remember and then when did this change for you like after your dad passed away did it become like okay you know we're going to kind of see doctors now and realize this is not yeah i think my mother um your mother kind of like a light went off so to speak yeah she was like okay this is this is the light had actually gone off of her a little earlier but prior previous to his death because she worked um she worked at a place where it was like a, a nursing home, and, and she realized that uh, a lot of people were seemed like they were passing away. <laughs> and it was it was associated with the Christian right, faith, right, and, right. and so she was like, you know, I think, um, I, I, yeah, she I think the, the, this the sea, sea change for her started to happen a little earlier, right? But uh, yeah, so, so this this is something that obviously you know to this day obviously is for the rest of your life is going to impact you. Why did you decide that now was the right time to use it as the subject for your first ever solo record? Because it's a concept record that tells the story of what of of your dad and his his and your family's journey through this, or your like take us through what the concept record. <clears throat> yeah, is. so so the journey really starts when he passes away. There's a song, the second song on the record, "The Great Beyond," is basically documents the night he passes away. And which you remember vividly, even though you were no, four? I don't remember remember vividly. But it basically, it was just from from uh, I tell this I tell that story in very kind of using very surreal imagery and 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 uh, uh, you know it's 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 definitely not um, it's something that you can take very literal. It's it's just painting the picture of someone passing away. But really, the story starts there, and. Through as the as the story progresses, my, my mother's the hero. You know, she the, the way she um, her fortitude through the whole thing and how she fought for my brother and I, and uh, we ended up leaving Boston where where it all happened, just outside of Boston. I, I never realized that you were you were born and raised in Boston. Yeah, originally. B- b- yeah, I was raised in that area. I didn't know yeah. that. I yeah, just that's why my name is Miles. Was... Actually, because we weren't too far from the from the Plymouth Rock, you know, Miles Standish, the guy who drove the drove <laughs> drove the Mayflower. But but yeah, so so um, we started out in in the Massachusetts area there, and and then uh, Mom decided that uh, we would we, we it was time to leave a few months after Dad passed away. Yeah, and, and then you went to. Washington? We ended up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we moved to Wisconsin for a little while, and um, from cold to colder. 
from cold to colder, <laughs> but lots of good cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true, man. Wisconsin has some good cheese. <laughs> well, they should. That's what they're known That's for. That's what right? they're known Absolutely. for. That's what they're known for. So, so the, but, but the idea, like for you to tell this story, when did it, when did that connect with you that you were like, okay, I'm going to make this record my first uh, statement as a solo artist and it's going to be this, this is where I'm going to go con- uh, concept wise. And, and, and was it therapeutic for you to write about it? It was therapeutic. There was a certain amount of catharsis uh, with the, with the whole process, but at the same time, it actually was a lot more difficult um, than I thought it would be. And it kind of brought a lot of um, ghosts that were hiding to, to the surface a way and my wife watched me during the process it turned into way way more of a task than I originally thought it was going to be I mean it kind of frankly it kind of messed with my head and I'm still and I think that's part of the reason I've needed to power down and not write for a while because it it totally it was just like opening Pandora's box and and though it was a it was like this interesting form of therapy and it also you know you discover a lot a lot about yourself if you do if you choose to do something like that so so yeah it's been a learning experience to say the least and you've never done a concept uh record not to this degree no i mean the last hero there were there were elements that tied things together but this as i was writing it it's and you even when you listen like my friend uh, my friend Randy, when he when I played him the whole record, he's like, it's like a rock opera in a way. Even though it's not r- rock, it's more however you want to describe what it is, acoustic-based. Right. Um, as I was writing it, I mean, I could see the whole thing in my head, like as if it was a movie, and there's flashbacks, and then flash forward, and then, you know, it's, so it's... It was a, it was very cinematic in my in my head as it was being put together. So, yeah, it's a total, complete story. And, I mean, is that a challenge, like as you're writing and you're going through parts of the story that, that I mean, all the records you've written and songs you've written, you don't have the confines of having to stay in a lane. Right. So now you are doing a concept record. You have to stay in this lane. Does that, is that easier or harder as a writer? I, I think with this, it was actually easier because I had so much I needed to get out and, and you know, I had so much to get off my chest. I almost created it got to the point lyrically where I couldn't stop. And a lot of times during the lyric writing process, you're, you're just like, Oh, I don't know what to write about next. And I was with this, I just, I could, I could write probably another record and who knows, maybe I will someday. I still, everything based around this, this, this subject, because it's such a, it's been such a, it was such a pivotal moment in my life, you know? Um, so yeah, <laughs> the record comes out in March, right? March 9th. And the single, you're releasing a single, the title track on Friday, Friday, I believe in two days. Yes. So you'll be able to hear something from the record. We can't give you a little snippet now cause it's not ready. The powers that be haven't authorized just yet, but on Friday, you'll be able to hear, uh, the title track released, which is the opening track on the record and then be able to get the complete record on March 9th and, uh, and and I imagine if you thought about and do you want to do live shows for it? Yeah, I'm going to do some live shows. All uh, uh, would know. it be just you, or are you going to put? A band I'm going to together? start out just just with uh, uh, some guitars and myself. Yeah, keep it real stripped down. Um, I think um, Miles Kennedy and the Coffee Houses of America. That's right. Just like the <laughs> back in the '90s, I used to do a lot of that. Have my little Did tip jar. Oh yeah, you know this is. I'm actually really excited about this because I I love doing that sort of thing and. And um, it's just very, you know, it's you and acoustic guitar against the world. You know, it's like, 
you got nothing to hide. What behind. are some of the craziest settings you played in? Oh, there are times it's just man. been like you know you're trying you're sitting there strumming and trying to sing your song. It's like hey, give me a light smoke. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <sighs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, over here, got a near Trenta. Yeah, and you're over here pouring your heart out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Miles is like shaking his head, like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no. And you miss that. <laughs> yeah, now I think I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I've just decided. Thanks, Eddie. I There's just killed no the Miles tour. Kennedy solo tour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Call me the buzzkill. I just did it. Uh, oh yeah, but that's. I mean, honestly, I mean, you you you're in a you're in a band now in Alterbridge that we just talked about earlier. You're playing arenas in in throughout Europe on a regular basis, playing great venues here in America. So it is a it, it is going to be a one eighty. I would total think you're, you're going to go into a totally different sort of realm here. Yeah, and you, you need to sell. And I know you well that you're not. You know, you're not the the hard sell guy. You're not the guy that's the. We've talked about this before. In Slash's band, you're just the singer. You're almost like the reluctant front man. <laughs> the reluctant front man. I love that. That's so true, though. I, 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 you, you say it well. Yeah, you know? but but you've you've gotten way better in that regard. I you know tried to evolve to some degree. I'm, I'm never going to be like I just. It's just not in my DNA. I, I've always considered myself more of a singer songwriter guitar player right. guy who like you know that's just what I do. So, um, but. Yeah, I think there's a certain comfort level I have with just um, showing up with a few guitars and just kind of putting putting it out there. Yeah, I like doing that. So, have you have you have dates yet, or are you just we're working on now? we're working on it for uh, spring of next year, and uh, it'll be uh, not just here in the states, but hope to do stuff in other parts of the world as well. And and I think the goal is to try and uh, play a, a number of things from my catalog throughout the last well, that's few what decades. i was going to ask yeah. you about are you going to yeah. do the whole catalog you mayfield four and all so. the other stuff you're i gonna... think i'm going to mix just mix it all together and and that's the really cool thing i've been so lucky that i have had the run i've had as a musician so you know now i get to look back on it all and extract certain some of my favorite moments from from the uh the quote-unquote you know, legacy whatever you want to call it and and play the tracks and Maybe set, then I can. Set list, maybe know? then I can hear pieces. Pieces broken, broken acoustic. Sensitive singer songwriter guy version. <laughs> uh, two quick things I want to ask you about, and then I'll, we're going to take a few calls from Miles Kennedy. Let him let him get out of here. Alterbridge is out for uh, just go. Is the website alterbridge.com? Yes. So wherever you're listening, if you want to see if there's a date left, there's a handful of shows left on this tour uh, tonight in Tulsa. Just go to alterbridge.com. Find a date near you. Two things I want to ask you about. I've talked to you about this many times before, and I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this part of it. For those that don't know, and this is something that uh, like a handful of people can say, Miles Kennedy jammed with Led Zeppelin. Miles Kennedy sang with, as as a potential guy to join Led Zeppelin. Not like how long? Not Led Zeppelin, but well, a, a project with with Jimmy members Page, John Paul yeah. Jones, Jason Bonham, potentially Miles right. Kennedy for them. Was it? Do you know? Did they run a recording of it? I've heard different accounts of that, but but it was not a like a, a, a legit recording studio. It wasn't videoed, right? It wasn't shot no, on video. Uh-uh. Okay. No. But so. you don't know what... See, because you talk about things going through your head, right? Mm-hmm. Or not being able to turn things off. Like if I was you and I was in with essentially Led Zeppelin and, and singing with them, the rest of my life in my head, I would be like, 
I gotta have a tape of that. There's gotta be. That gotta have some sort of proof. Somebody recorded it. Who can I call? How can I get it? You know, for me though, I actually hope that didn't happen because I was actually pretty sick. I'd come. I'd come off a, a tour in in Australia, and I remember I got there and was. I had some bronch bronchitis or something, and I remember. It took a few days for my voice to come back, so I kind of hope there is nothing that exists. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I would just be like, see, it really happened. Listen, right, it's right, me. That's right. me with Jimmy Page. Like, what are you doing? And the other thing I wanted to hit you with real quick is the other day, I'm clicking around on my TV, and Rockstar was on. And, and of course, you have the, the, you know, you're in that movie. How did you get that gig, and what do you remember about being in Rockstar? Well, I got the gig because of Brendan O'Brien. Brandon O'Brien, the producer. the producer, he mixed the first Mayfield record and he was friends with one of the people involved with the film and they had been looking for the the Michael Thor character for a while, somebody that could sing but also could play the part and Brandon put my, my, my name in the in the ring and said, you should call this this kid from Spokane. And How so old were you when I you was were in late 20s because well, that movie's a, a older than i thought that movie's like 20 years old yeah, now isn't it 15 20 yeah it's coming up on that it's it's crazy time flies yeah but uh yeah i'd never acted or anything so they 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 flew me down and 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 i read for the part with the director and the casting lady and and then then got the gig and it was you know, it was pretty wild. How much time did you spend on the set? Did, was it a one-day deal, there was a couple th- days? or three days of rehearsal, I want to say, in, like, March of that year. And then I think we actually shot – it's all blur now, like, later on that spring. So I think I was there a total, like, six days maybe. You get residuals? Someone told me I'm supposed to, but apparently I was supposed to sign up for something called a SAG car yeah. <laughs> or something, yeah. which no one did. I didn't – I don't know this. I'm not an actor, so so I think I missed out on. You all should that. be in SAG after just because of being a musician. I don't know. I'm what's just, wrong with you, man? I'm not. I'm a, You're leaving all I'll tell you what's wrong with me. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm a typical musician, oh. like going through life with a you know just in a in a daze. Yeah. <laughs> because if your songs end up in commercials right, or on TV right, shows, right. you that's, get paid through that. Well, union. that's different. That's like um, um, publishing and and. But it's SAG after too. Because well, I'm in SAG after from I'll radio. Call my, I'll call my attorney right, right now. now. <laughs> I'll give you my union guy. Call him. Because cause I did, I once played a dead body in autopsy on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, oh, Miles almost fell off the chair, literally. <laughs> he literally almost fell off the chair. Dude, I'm being dead serious with you. Did they, did they, did they what did they do? Put like, a beard on me? Yeah. And I was told to lay in this gurney. Went to an old abandoned hospital in Queens. And what year was this? Ten years ago, something like that. And I was doing commercial acting. I was in. I was auditioning for some commercials, and I was doing voiceover stuff, which I actually those I actually booked some. But I went to to this abandoned hospital in Queens, and uh, they told me, you know, I I was cast in this thing on HBO. I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You know, what is it going to be? You know, where's my lines? (laughs) Yeah. And then, well, there's no, there's no real lines. It's like, okay. And uh, I show up and there's a crew there and they put me in a hospital gown and they put a beard on me. And I said, okay, what do you, what do they do? And they go, just lay in the bed. What, what, what do I say? You don't say anything. Well, what do I do? Just twitch every once in a while. Like twitch. 
they hooked up an IV bag to me. They put the IV drops, like fake IVs and stuff. And I was like, why am I twitching exactly? What's, what's my motivation here? Right, you know, what right. am I doing? And they said, well, uh, your wife poisoned you for, for, <laughs> for, because she, found, she wanted the life insurance policy or something. So you're, you're, you've been poisoned. And your wife is going to walk in and turn the IV to give you extra juice to put you out, but you're still hanging in there and you're seeing her and you're like, oh, okay, I got this now. So I did the whole thing. And uh, it's, it, it still airs. And my point in telling you this is that I get residual checks no for $1.20 every six months, Miles. That's Are what you you're gonna... leaving on the table, pal. I'm leaving $1.20 on the table. No, you were in Rockstar. You're out there with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you, know. You might be leaving $5 yeah, on the table. Yeah, see, yeah, see, I don't know. I should, I should probably know these things. But yeah. every once in a while, the, the funniest thing is, is all the years of doing that metal show, I swear to God, this is hysterical. We just started getting out of nowhere because I guess it's replaying places. We have no idea. We started getting – the other day I go in my mailbox. There's literally like 30 envelopes stacked up from the same talent payment company all residual checks for that metal show i'm like oh my god i'm seinfeld this is going to be unbelievable right i open these envelopes literally it was for various episodes different check for every episode literally i'm not even kidding you the payments were like 11 cents 14 cents 22 cents, stack of 30 checks. I went to my bank like an asshole with a stack of checks of 30 that totaled maybe $1.22. That's why you should be in the union. That's, That's what you're missing, Miles. <laughs> oh, Eddie, I'm sorry. It's all good, man. I, I, I'm, I found other ways to make revenue. It's okay. We're all right. So anyway, let's get a couple calls in for Miles before he has to, uh, he has to get out of here. But yes, you can see Miles in Rockstar airing yes. on <clears throat> continuous loops on various <laughs> networks every night. I see it all the time. Let's get a couple calls, and then Miles <clears throat> has got to get out of here. Let's talk to Tim, who is in Texas. Tim, you're on with Miles Kennedy. Thanks, Eddie. And uh, this is directed towards Miles Kennedy. How are you today? Good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, followed you since uh, your breakout tour in here in Texas and seen about six shows. And I just wanted to know a couple of things about we never have heard words darker than their wings. Is it a lyric deal or what is it? We actually ju we just started playing that here and there. We we did it at the uh, Royal Albert Hall there in, uh, oh, wow. in a few months ago. Yeah, and so we put it in once wow. in a while. And part of the reason we don't do it is just because the end uh, of the song. Yeah. There's a very there's a very uh, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, and, and you know it's been fine. But what it does is it kind of messes up the next few shows for me vocally. So so yeah, we kind of pick and choose when we do those. And the other what, thing I wanted you to know was was this go ahead, is, that, is that through through the death of my son, um, your lyrics in Blackbird and a few of your other songs really got us through that oh, period. So when you don't think that it matters, it does. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry. For, I'm really so sorry for your loss. Keep on, keep on rocking, and we'll see y'all in. Thank my, you. Uh, Thank you. Nine. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for the call. Be well. We're sorry to hear that news. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate you listening. Um, you mentioned doing something at Royal with an orchestra. 
Yeah. Is that coming out? Is that was that shot recorded? What, what's the deal with it's that? Top secret. I would have to kill you if oh, I tell you okay. this. Okay. Well, you mentioned it, so otherwise, you know. <laughs> right. Right. But is it something that's uh, imagine a project down the line? A yeah, it could of some be. Sort? It's it's possibility. So you played an Alter Bridge set with an orchestra. Yeah, it was really public show. People were in the yeah, audience. Yeah. It was, yeah. People. No, it was. No one was in the audience. No, I don't know. Just if cardboard any, cutouts. No, it's of like you. you did it in studio or something. Uh, no, it was. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, a live show. Yeah, like five thousand people a night. So it was like two, uh, two really great evenings with an orchestra did you do that thing where people confiscate the cell phones on the way in so no, it wasn't shot no i'm sure you could probably find it online how do you feel about that do you know you know that that's going on now uh, yeah i don't know how i feel about that i i, I you know i don't know i'm gonna st- i'm gonna plead the fifth <laughs> but you as a musician on stage looking mm-hmm. out into the crowd does it bother you when you see a bunch of phones i'm used to it instead of faces no I'm used you're, to it. you're not that guy that's going to say you know you're not engaging in the show get the put the phone down it's how people want to document their experiences now. You know, they want to have it in perpetuity through, you know, through the, the recording device that is their phone. So, so you're fine with whatever. It is what it is. It's a new. It's the new. Uh, it's the new world. It's the new cigarette lighter. That's right. <laughs> uh, Stephen Kentucky, you're on with Miles Kennedy. Hey, Steve. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, you're on with Miles Kennedy. Go ahead. All right. Hey, uh, just want to ask Miles, as a guitar player. Who's your biggest guitar influence? Oh man, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm I always go back to probably Jimmy Page just because that was the that was the guy for me. You're just sucking up trying to get another no, call. No, it's just the tr- <laughs> just it's, it's just there's something about the way he composed things that just really resonated and still does. And 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 still to this day the way I use alter tu- in fact on on the solo record on You're the Tiger and the alter, everything is alter tunings and all that ultimately I learned from listening to guys like, you know, Jimmy Page. So mm-hmm. so um yeah, probably you're Jimmy. mentioning off the air. Thank you, Steve, for the call. You're Thank mentioning you. off the air. You're, you're a huge Steely Dan fan. Too. Massive Steely Dan fan. One of your all-time favorite bands. All-time favorite bands. All right, let's talk to you, Greg in Texas. Hey, Greg. Hey, Eddie. Hope you feel better, sir. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Miles, a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations on the year of the Tiger. Can't wait to hear it next March. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, just a quick question for you. You touched a little bit on your songwriting process for the solo record. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do when you're writing with Mark in Alter Bridge or Slash with the Conspirators? Yeah, I mean, those are different, different process. It's a different process with, with Mark because basically I have, uh, I, I like the analogy I like to use is it's like, you know, it's like a puzzle. And, and so if, if, if I have a, a verse or a course or a bridge idea, and then I come to Mark and say, "Hey, do you have something that fits with this?" and we and we basically kind of put the put parts together. We we have a like these catalogs of ideas that are verses or choruses or bridges or riffs or whatever, and we just find a way to kind of mesh the parts together. With Slash, it's it's different because he'll come in with a basically a, like a sonic um, canvas for me to paint with put via melody and lyrics so it's 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 definitely they're they're very different and uh it's it's good for me as a writer because it kind of keeps me uh keeps keeps it fresh and and uh i think just the pro keeping the process so different keeps it fun for me two more quick calls and we'll let miles get out of here this is chance who's listening in missouri chance you're on with miles kennedy hey how's it going hey man go ahead um i just wanted to know like what what you noticed the biggest differences or similarities between recording the solo record uh, versus like the various other 
projects you've been in the studio with? Well, I think the the biggest thing is just that I've got uh, you know it's kind kind of the it's it's how do I put, how do I put this? It's kind of all on you, you know. It's it's right. like it's it's your it's kind of up to you as far as how you want to where you want to take things. And though that can be very liberating, it also makes you appreciate when you have writing partners because there's certain in the decision making process that can be much easier and quicker. Um, but I think for this solo record, one of the, the the main difference was just the way that I chose to arrange things uh, in the instrumentation because this record is not um, it's not high gain, you know, the PRS guitar straight into high gain amps. It's 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 basically. You know, a lot of a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of a lot of lap steel, mandolin, banjo. I mean, it's just it's a very different approach for me, and I and I found that very very liberating but challenging at the same time. How much time did it take you to record it? Did you do it all in one chunk, or did you spread it out over time, or how much time did you we, spend on we it? We were gonna we almost had it all done in one chunk. We I think we we started in early or mid August, and then. We would have finished it in about three weeks, four weeks, but then the hurricane rolled in in Orlando. Oh, because you had, were doing it with Elvis yeah, in Orlando. So okay. I had to get out of there, and we had about four days left. So I went home for a few days and had to do a tour of South America, went straight from South America back to Florida, finished up the remaining tracks. I think we had four days to do, and then, yeah, so okay. it was pretty quick. One last call for Miles Kennedy here. Uh, this is Jonathan, who's in Texas. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hey, Eddie and Miles. Uh, good to hear you. Y'all on radio together. Um, I've got a real quick question for you. Um, You know, I know it's kind of soon, but I was just wondering if any of the other bands who have recently lost their uh, lead singers have approached you to be a fill-in for them, like uh, SDP or Soundgarden. Um, No, 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 I did. No. (laughs) <laughs> nobody's no, nobody's reached out. Although I, 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 I did get to meet Robert DeLeo a few months ago at, at, during Kings of Chaos mm. event. And man, I was just, that was awesome for me because I'm a, I'm a big fan and what a cool guy. It was, that was really cool. Those guys, Robert, Dean, Eric, I spent, I spent a lot of time with them re- very recently, like in the last six months because I did specials with them for the 25th anniversary of the first record. And I actually just did the first special with the very first thing they did with the new singer with jeff and i saw the show the one show they've done with oh, them cool. so far at the troubadour sure. and i really found the right guy i really think yeah i agree and they're, I totally they're agree. good people those the, all, those guys are really good people they've been through a lot yeah. and i'm really I think there's a lot of goodwill a lot of people rooting for them to yeah. and they made and they're for the first lead track too that awesome. they made is a really cool song oh, i love it yeah i so. love it i'm i'm really 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 happy for those guys they, they definitely deserve it yeah absolutely well listen man i know you got a gig tonight i know you got a role i really appreciate you coming out here and uh thanks for having me of course anytime man next time let's see we've we've done regular radio studio my basement studio casino in tulsa I don't know where else could we possibly do a show from. We got to mm. figure something from a colonoscopy. Hey, dual <laughs> dual colonoscopies. Miles and I will put headsets on while we're getting probed. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's it. I, I love the fact that I can do my show from anywhere. We're doing it from me and Miles getting joint colonoscopies. We'll give you the play by play. I'll call my doctor right after this. We're setting it up. He'll love it. Well, you're in Washington. I'm in Jersey. We'll have to meet somewhere in the middle. Oklahoma. Right. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's in the middle of the country. That's right. That's it. We can do we're, it right we're, now. We're doing Oh, my God. So tonight God. after Kane's Ballroom, 
Uh, meet Miles and I at the local uh, colonoscopy so center, ladies up. and gentlemen. Check out Year of the Tiger coming out on March 9th. And, you know, the record's still down the line a little bit. So when we get actually people can actually get it, we'll do something again and make sure we remind everybody yeah. about the, the album coming out. But, yes. uh, and I'll, uh, I'll see you if you're going to the show tonight in Tulsa. I'll see you guys out there if you're listening. And, and check out alterbridge.com to find out. Handful of dates left for the tour uh, for their their latest and greatest record, the last hero. The last few Alter Bridge records, as I said, are, each one gets better and just killer stuff. So I will be even even though I'm in bad voice, I didn't even notice. I will be there. I'm this is my last night here. I'm looking forward to no matter what. I'm, I'm even have a couple drinks, Miles. It could get crazy. It's gonna get crazy. Could get nuts. Could get, get nuts. Get ready. Batten down the hatches, Tulsa. All right. <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, later on tonight, man. Right Thank on. you for coming Thanks, in. Brother. So much fun to hang and talk to Miles. And like I said, I had a chance to see the show that night, and it was stunning. It is remarkable what Alter Bridge do live. They are among my favorite bands out there doing it right now. So, so, so good. And I really, really enjoyed the hell out of that. Can't wait to see what they do next. In the meantime... Miles is going to be focused a lot, it sounds like, on his solo record for 2018. Mark Tremonti with his own band, Alter Bridge, coming back together in 2019. As far as what's going to happen with Slash and Miles, as you just heard in that interview, there's no real plans for anything with those guys. So it uh, you know, could change, but it doesn't seem like Slash is going to be rushing to fire up his solo band anytime soon. I'm sure he wouldn't mind some time to recharge a little bit after the Guns N' Roses tour. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that situation as well. want to thank the Hard Rock in Tulsa for hosting me. Always a great time. Thanks to Miles Kennedy for dropping by and spending time with me before the Alter Bridge show that night in Tulsa. Thank you, of course, for listening each and every week to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She's the producer. And I will see you guys next Thursday for another all-new episode. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Carolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.